Hi friends, my name is Rob Booker. In 1937, Napoleon Hill wrote the manifesto of success that has become a beacon of hope to all who wish to achieve the impossible. I've rewritten the book with traders in mind. I hope that you find this brand new version of the book helpful in your quest to think bigger, fulfill your life's potential, and to trade for a living. You can find me on the web at robbooker.com. And now, without further delay, here is Trade and Grow Rich. I hope you'll love it. Introduction, The Power of Thought. The Man Who Thought His Way Into Partnership with Thomas Edison. Imagine for a moment a world where your thoughts are the most influential currency in the marketplace of achievements. This isn't just a fanciful notion, but a proven strategy, as demonstrated by the ambitious journey of Edwin C. Barnes, a man who literally thought his way into a partnership with Thomas Edison. Barnes didn't stumble upon success overnight. His was a meticulously crafted investment in a single burning desire to align himself with Edison, not as an employee, but as a partner. This wasn't just a fleeting wish or a daydream during a dull day at work. It was a targeted, fiery ambition that propelled him from thought to action. Over 30 years ago, well, you know, 30 years ago from 1937, Barnes made an initial deposit into his ambition account with a thought. But this wasn't any ordinary thought. It was packed with a definite purpose, persistence, and a relentless yearning to see it manifest into tangible success. The journey from his initial thought to tangible success wasn't a sprint. It was a marathon requiring patience, strategy, and an unwavering belief in the end goal. Barnes faced significant roadblocks from the get-go. First, Edison was a stranger, not a LinkedIn connection away, but a figure shrouded in the midst of innovation and industry far beyond Barnes's immediate reach. Secondly, the practical issue of not having enough funds to even board a train to Edison's doorstep in Orange, New Jersey. Wait, there was a train that arrived right at Edison's doorstep? That must have made it hard to sleep at night and invent all those things. Anyway, these obstacles were mere speed bumps on Barnes's road to success. They were not dead ends. Barnes's journey is a masterclass in the principles of achieving riches. His unwavering desire to work alongside Edison showcased the power of specificity in goal setting. It wasn't a vague, I want to be successful, but a crystal clear, I want to partner with Edison. As you create your own trading goals, think about how specific you can be, about what you really want. I mean, really want. How much do you really want to make? How much work are you willing to do to get there? Barnes knew that when he wanted to partner with Edison, it wouldn't be easy. This narrative about Barnes and Edison is a testament to the axiom, thoughts are things, especially when they're supercharged with clarity of purpose, unyielding perseverance, and an insatiable desire for realization. Barnes's story teaches us that the real stock market of success trades not in dollars and cents, but in the currency of ideas, ambition, and the audacity to dream big. So as we dissect Barnes's blueprint, remember every thought has the potential to compound interest, growing from a mere spark into a beacon of achievement. Your mindset is your portfolio. Invest wisely and watch as your thoughts yield returns beyond your wildest imaginations. 
In a world where the majority might see roadblocks as a sign to turn back, Edwin C. Barnes saw them merely as hurdles in a steeplechase, challenges to be overcome on his way to the finish line. His desire wasn't just a fleeting wish, it was a commitment, a deep-seated resolve that propelled him to take what many would consider an unthinkable risk. He didn't just opt for an unconventional route. He chose the freight train as his chariot to destiny, embodying the adage that where there's a will, there's a way, albeit a less comfortable one. When Barnes stood before Edison, his appearance might have screamed, Tramp! louder than a closing bell at the stock exchange. But it was the determination in his eyes, the unspoken conviction that spoke volumes. Edison, a seasoned investor in human potential, recognized that Barnes wasn't gambling on a mere whim. He was all in, betting his entire future on the belief that he would secure a partnership with the great inventor. Think about the greatest investors of all time. Well, think about Warren Buffett. Did Warren Buffett do a little bit of everything? or a lot of one really big thing. If you think about where Warren Buffett made most of his money, he made most of his money on insurance, the float. The money left over when all the premiums had been paid and all the claims had been paid out, the float was what was left over. Warren Buffett masterfully invested in insurance companies that provided a float that he then used, like equity built up in a home, to make other investments. He didn't try to do everything. He got great at one thing and went all in. Now, he also owns Dairy Queen now, but the reason he does is because he initially became great at one thing. Now, Edison's subsequent decision to give Barnes a shot wasn't based on pity or amusement, but on a keen observation of a universal truth in the market of success. When someone channels their entire being into the pursuit of a goal, their chances of success skyrocket. What transpired in that initial meeting in terms of dialogue may not have made history books, but the underlying sentiment did. It wasn't Barnes's eloquent speech or polished shoes that earned him a place in Edison's enterprise. It was the intensity of his desire, the clarity of his thought process. Edison himself underscored that it was Barnes's mindset, not his presentation, that clinched the deal. The same is true for traders. The most successful traders that I've met over the last 24 years have been traders who had the right mindset, not even necessarily the right system at the beginning, and not even any previous experience. So this Edwin C. Barnes' narrative, it underscores a critical investment strategy in the pursuit of success. It's not always about the visible assets, you know, like your suit, your resume, your eloquence, what kind of computer you're using or how many monitors you have, but about the power and purity of your intention, your belief in your own potential to achieve greatness. If every listener could internalize this principle, the rest of the success manuals and self-help guides and even trading books lining the bookshelves out there would become immediately obsolete. The real currency in the economy of achievement, especially in trading, isn't tangible. It's the force of your thoughts, the depth of your desire, and the unwavering belief in your ability to realize your dreams no matter the odds.
Every trader is going to have a little bit of success at the beginning that gets us all excited. And then they're going to go through that dark period where they plateau or dare I say, even go below break even losing money along the way, feeling that despair that comes from losing trade after losing trade after losing trade. Your ability to pick yourself back up and realize that it's your mindset that matters, that you gotta stop doing what doesn't work and you gotta start doing what really actually does work, even though it wasn't the kind of trading you initially thought you would be doing, that's the real currency of success. So, Edwin C. Barnes didn't exactly land the partnership deal with Edison right off the bat. Instead, he got his foot in the door with a gig that paid peanuts and probably felt more like an internship than a stepping stone to his dream. Yet for Barnes, this wasn't just a job. It was his trading floor, a place to showcase his value directly to the market maker himself, Edison. As weeks turned into months, it seemed like Barnes was stuck in a holding pattern, his definite major purpose not gaining the momentum he had hoped for. But here's where Barnes played it smart. He didn't let the apparent standstill in his external circumstances dictate the market sentiment in his head. Instead, he doubled down on his investment in his dream, compounding his desire to partner with Edison. Psychologists and seasoned traders alike know this truth. The market will eventually respond when you're truly all in. Barnes embodied this readiness, not just hanging around for a lucky break, but actively preparing his mind and spirit for the partnership he envisioned. He didn't entertain thoughts of settling for less, like, I don't know, pivoting to a sales position. Hey, Thomas, do you need some help selling light bulbs? No, Barnes was in it for the long haul, his eyes on the prize, his mindset locked on his target. If only more of us traded in the currency of definite purpose with the same tenacity, refusing to liquidate our dreams at the first sign of a downturn. Barnes's unyielding commitment, well, it paid off, but not in the way he or anyone else might have predicted. The same is true of traders. Oftentimes we'll start by saying, I want to make a lot of money trading Apple options, or I saw a trader make a million dollars on a Tesla trade. I'm going to do that too. And then it turns out that the only thing you know how to do well is something real simple, like buying low float, high volume stocks right at the open of the market and only trading for 15 minutes a day. And maybe you find that the most that can ever make you is $1,000 a day. And then one day you wake up and realize, wait a minute. The clarity and certainty of making $1,000 a day is much better than the idea or the hope or the dream of making $100,000 a day or a million dollars on one trade that might never come. You see, the $1,000 a day, that might end up actually being quite easy. Opportunity, much like the most volatile of markets, doesn't always announce itself with bells and whistles. It sneaked up on Barnes disguised as something else entirely, proving that opportunity often wears the camouflage of misfortune or setback. This twist in the tail serves as a crucial market insight. Opportunity is the most cunning of traders, often entering the scene incognito through the least expected of entry points. This perhaps is why so many miss it, focusing too intently on the front door, waiting for a grand entrance while opportunity slips in quietly through the back. Let me say this again. A lot of traders start off by trying to copy a trader that they found online. They might see somebody making, or supposedly making, millions of dollars trading a certain kind of option. But then they realize the thing they're good at was something they learned along the way from someone sort of tangentially connected to that first person they met. And then all of a the sudden, the back door opens 
but only a few will go in. Barnes's story isn't just about persistence. You see, it's a masterclass in market psychology teaching us that the greatest opportunities often come disguised, ready to be seized by those who have prepared themselves to recognize and act on them, regardless of the guise they assume. Once upon a time, in the mystical land of invention and opportunity, there emerged a curious contraption known as the Edison Dictating Machine, later rebranded as the Edaphone because, well, you know, everything sounds cooler with phone in it. To the untrained eye, this device looked about as promising as a Betamax player at a streaming service convention. Edison's sales team glanced at it and saw their weekend plans going down the drain because clearly this was going to be a tough sell. We'll enter our hero, Edwin C. Barnes, looking at this queer machine, not with dread, but with the twinkling eyes of a man who's just found a hidden cheat code in the game of life. While everyone else was doubting, Barnes was already mentally drafting his victory speech. He didn't just volunteer to sell the machine. He practically claimed it as his Excalibur. And what do you know? Barnes didn't just sell the thing. He turned it into the iPhone of its day. Suddenly, quote, made by Edison and installed by Barnes, end quote, was the tagline everyone wanted a piece of, proving once and for all that one man's quirky invention is another man's treasure chest. This partnership didn't just give Barnes a comfy cushion of cash, rumored to be in the millions, but who's counting? It also gave him something far more valuable, the ultimate proof that you can indeed think your way to riches. Who needs a dragon when you've got a dictating machine to slay the market with? Barnes started with zilch, no cash, minimal education, and about as much influence as a new account on X, you know, Twitter. Why don't they just go back to whatever? Yet armed with nothing but gumption faith and a stubborn streak wide enough to make a mule look cooperative, he managed to buddy up with Edison, prove himself by working in the lowly ranks because he wanted to be near the Leonardo da Vinci of electricity. He knew who he wanted to get close to. Or wait a minute, is it whom? Anyway, so as we segue from Barnes's triumph to a tale of almost there but not quite, remember, the stock market of success is unforgiving, and the difference between a legendary win and a cautionary tale might just be whether you decide to ride the freight train of opportunity or wait interminably for the express. Three Feet from Fortune, The Tale of Darby's Near Miss. Now, in the gold-riddled chronicles of Oops, Almost Had It, a guy named Darby and his uncle are the starring characters in a classic episode that could very well be titled How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love to Drill. Caught in the feverish embrace of gold rush mania, Darby's uncle set off to the Wild West, armed with dreams bigger than his pickaxe. Little did he know the real gold was not under his feet, but between his ears. After striking gold and seeing visions of dollar signs dancing before their eyes, they hit a snag. The gold vanished like a politician's promises during election season. So initially, they made a whole bunch of money, but they kept plowing that money back into more and more gold mining, and their dreams were dashed. The gold seam played a game of cosmic hide-and-seek, and the gold seam won. In a move that would make any seasoned investor facepalm, they called it quits. Just about three feet or one TikTok scroll away from striking it rich again. So here's what happened. They gave up their mine, thinking it was all lost. 
they literally just gave up. And enter the savvy junk man who took over. He's the unsung hero of our story, who probably wore a sly grin and I'm about to school these noobs expression. With the wisdom to consult an expert, a concept as alien to Darby and his uncle who were just winging it, he discovered the missing gold was just a mere three feet away from their last drill point. The junk man who took over the operation went on to extract millions from the mine, turning their hasty surrender into his jackpot. Poor young Darby, now not just metaphorically but literally poorer, he learned a hard lesson and spent years repaying the faith his family and neighbors had invested in him. Yet in a twist fit for a motivational poster, he found his gold in the realm of life insurance, proving that sometimes the best investment is in the lessons we learn from our failures. Darby's newfound career mantra, I may have quit three feet from gold, but I'll be darned if I let a no stop me from selling insurance, became his rallying cry. It propelled him into the elite league of insurance sales, where stickability is the name of the game and quitability is for those who haven't yet learned that success often likes to play hard to get. So what's the moral of the story? Well, before you decide to sell your drills and head home, maybe, just maybe, dig three feet further. Because in the gold mine of life, failure is just success playing hard to get, waiting to see if you're serious about the treasure hunt or if you'll walk away when the map leads you to a big, fat X. Marked, try a little harder. Think about the failures and misfortunes that befall traders. Traders who get into the game thinking that riches are just one options trade away, so they buy a call option on Tesla right before earnings. And the next morning, Tesla disappoints, the stock drops, and the option's worth zero. In that failure is a lesson. First lesson, never do that again. <laughs> Second lesson, do what works, not what seems exciting. Trading isn't gambling, although so many folks approach trading like that. When you approach trading like the junk man approached the mine, let's get the right equipment, let's get an expert on our side, let's find out what we need to do next, and just do one small act at a time, drill a little bit, See where you're going, drill a little bit further. The same is true in trading. Paper trade a little bit, see what works. If it's not working, try something different. If that starts working, try a little bit of it more. If that's working even more, start to put a little bit of real money into it. If that starts to work even more, put a little bit more money into it. That's how it's done. The failure, losing money on gambling in the markets, is the lesson. That's the instructor. Some people never move on from that lesson, either because they run out of money or because they only want to trade if they can double their account overnight. Reflecting on his gold mining misadventure, Darby eventually told the story of finding a silver lining in all of that failure. Remember, the setback wasn't a dead end, but it was a detour on his path to mastering the art of persistence, a skill that would eventually crown him a king in the realm of life insurance sales. But also, think about our previous friend, you know, Edwin C. Barnes. He took a job as a lowly helper in Edison's shop. Why? So he could get close to the source, learn from the master, and build his wealth. He didn't just walk into Edison's laboratory, you know, got off the train at Edison's doorstep or whatever. He didn't just get off the train and demand the highest salary or a partnership. He was willing to do his time. The traders who do best, they're willing to do their time at the beginning. That means backtesting and paper trading and not just taking a strategy off the shelf from somebody else 
and then just blindly implementing it. It means get into the trenches. If you're willing to paper trade something and not make anything by practicing it, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to obey the trading rules when no money is on the line, you're probably going to be willing to do what it takes when real money is on the line. So to all those traders out there grinding every day, take a leaf out of Darby or Barnes's book. Remember, behind every failure is a potential success waiting to be uncovered, a lesson in the failure, just three feet away from your current setback. And to those mining for gold in other industries, like sales or whatever, remember, the real treasure might just be the lessons learned from the misses, the almosts, and the not quites. So as you navigate the volatile markets of life, remember, Darby's epiphany, Barnes's experience, in the grand exchange of life, persistence, willingness to work in the trenches before you make your millions is your most valuable commodity. And resilience, well, it's your most reliable currency. Life with its unpredictable twists and market fluctuations often leaves us scratching our heads, wondering where's the next turn going to take us? Darby's journey from gold mine despair to life insurance mogul encapsulates this bewildering journey, turning simple experiences into the bedrock of success. It's like finding out the penny stock you bought on a whim is the next big tech giant. But what about the rest of us who might not have the time or inclination to sift through the rubble of our failures in search of the golden nuggets of wisdom? Well, fear not because this book aims to be your advisor in the realm of trading success, offering up 13 principles that are essentially the Warren Buffett's of personal achievement strategies. As you dive into these pages, well, listen to them, keep your mind open like a day trader ready to pounce on the next big move. You might just stumble upon that one brilliant idea that could catapult you from the penny stocks of life to the blue chip echelons of success. Remember, Innovation and fortune favor the prepared mind, and this book is like the ultimate insider trading tip, but it's completely legal. Here's a market anomaly you'll discover. When wealth decides to make its move, it doesn't tiptoe in. It comes crashing through the ceiling with the subtlety of a bull in a china shop. This revelation might seem as counterintuitive as investing in Blockbuster after the advent of Netflix, especially considering the long-held belief that riches are the rewards of endless toil and sweat. You see, I talked about doing the hard work at the beginning, but it really turns out that you might end up loving that work and it might not even feel like that much work. Thank goodness it doesn't take as long to become a trader as it takes to become a doctor. Thank goodness that a couple of weeks or a few months of back testing and practice can be the equivalent of eight or 10 years of medical school. However, the secret to attracting wealth, especially in trading, is akin to setting the right trades in your mental portfolio. It begins with a state of mind, a clarity of purpose, and often some labor. It's a concept as revolutionary as discovering you can make money in your sleep through passive income streams, which of course we'll talk about later. Dedicated to unearthing the formula for turning life's setbacks into dividends, well, Napoleon Hill embarked on a 25-year research expedition, analyzing the success patterns of over 25,000 individuals. This wasn't just a curiosity trip. It was a mission to decode the DNA of success and share it with the world. 
Reflecting on the historical backdrop of the Great Depression and its fade into the bull market of prosperity under Roosevelt's tenure, it was evident to Napoleon Hill that the collective mindset shifted from the bare grip of fear to the bullish embrace of faith. Just like the gradual brightening of a theater, hope and confidence crept back into the hearts of the masses, illuminating the path to recovery and growth. So as you navigate through these principles, remember, in the rubble of all that failure are the building blocks of success. The journey from the doldrums of defeat or the working in the trenches and backtesting and paper trading that doesn't make any money but prepares you to make so much money. It's not a straight line here. It's a stock chart filled with ups and downs, but with the right mindset, every dip is an opportunity and every setback a setup for a comeback. Let's think about Ford and the V8 miracle. It's a lesson in deleting impossible from your vocabulary. Let's dive into the world of financial alchemy, where the lead of impossible is transmuted into the gold of tangible success. The playbook? None other than the philosophy outlined in these pages, promising that once you grasp and apply its principles, your financial portfolio will start looking more like a bull market on a caffeine buzz. Think it's a fairy tale? Consider the universal human error of cozying up too closely with the word impossible. It's like having a savings account where you only deposit doubts and withdrawals are merely dreams deferred. This manual, however, is the investment advice for those ready to bet on the strategies that have built fortunes, not the skepticism that has crumbled them. Ever heard of the radical idea of cutting out impossible from your dictionary? Well, I did that, literally. It's a strategy not just for spelling bee champs, but for anyone aiming to shift from a deficit in success to a surplus in achievements. It's about reprogramming your mindset from expecting failure dividends to earning success capital. Now, on to a real-world case study, Henry Ford and his V8 vision. Ford's ambition to cast an eight-cylinder engine block in one piece was met with industry-wide impossibles. It was like proposing to day trade with carrier pigeons in today's high-frequency trading world. But Ford, operating on a different frequency altogether, insisted on making the impossible his business model. The engineer's resistance was formidable, like a bear market in the midst of a recession. Impossible was their rallying cry, a sentiment that let them work a little bit less harder and not worry so much about it. You know, it's easy to just stop working and say it's not possible. That kind of sentiment is contagious. And once one person in the office was talking like that, a whole bunch of the engineers were too. But Ford, ever the bullish investor in his own visions, doubled down on his directive. Time, that relentless ticker, marched on with six months turning into a year and still no breakthrough, just more echoes of impossible. He told them, I want an eight-cylinder engine in one block. And he persisted. He was fueled by a determination that makes today's motivational speakers look like they're preaching complacency. And then, just when it seemed like the project was a lost cause, a breakthrough shimmered on the horizon, like a bullish reversal after a prolonged bear market. The engineers, finally breaking through their mental blockades, delivered Ford's V8 engine, a marvel of innovation birthed from the womb of persistence. The tale isn't just about engineering feats or automotive milestones. It's a metaphor for personal and financial triumph. Ford's V8 success story underscores a fundamental market truth. Impossible is just a psychological short position on your own potential. The moment you decide to go long on your convictions, 
irrespective of the market sentiment of doubt, you set the stage for breakthroughs that can redefine your life's trajectory. Think about all the people who have told you that trading isn't possible. It's just gambling. Are you going to let them be right? Or are you going to manage your account with such discipline and such small trade sizes at first that there's no way for you to actually fail? Turn it around on them. So as you navigate the complex markets of your personal and trading aspirations, remember the V8 engine. It's a reminder that with enough determination, even the most daunting challenges can be engineered into monumental achievements, transforming impossible into I'll make it possible. Ford's saga is a masterclass in activating the principles of success with desire at the helm. As you dissect Ford's journey, keep your eyes peeled for the hidden markers of his success. Identifying these principles is like uncovering the secret trading strategies that turned mere mortals into the titans of Wall Street. Once upon a time, I think, you know, kind of in the 1800s or somewhere about there, William Ernest Henley penned these words. Out of the night that covers me, black as the pit from pole to pole, I thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul. In the fell clutch of circumstance, I have not winced nor cried aloud. Under the bludgeonings of chance, my head is bloody but unbowed. Beyond this place of wrath and tears looms but the horror of the shade. And yet the menace of the years finds and shall find me unafraid. It matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the scroll. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. When William Ernest Henley penned those immortal words, he might have been drafting a motivational speech for every aspiring trader and dreamer out there, but he left out a critical briefing. We're not just the masters and captains because of some poetic destiny. We hold this power because we can control our thoughts, steering them toward the riches or into the iceberg fields of despair. Imagine the universe as a high-frequency trading platform where thoughts are the commodities being traded at breakneck speeds. This cosmic exchange doesn't care if you're selling short on happiness and going long on misery. It simply executes the trades. Our minds, magnetized by our dominant thoughts, attract the very outcomes we're focused on, be they fortunes or failures. Ford, in his quest for the V8 engine, didn't just wish upon a star, he magnetized his mind with a fierce desire for success, transforming his vision into a tangible reality. This wasn't just positive thinking. It was positive trading on an epic scale, with determination as the main factor. Henley might have been a poet, but his words lay the foundation for a philosophy of success that transcends poetry and even stretches into the realm of trading and business. His words hint at a universal truth now laid bare in this exploration of success principles. Mastery over our economic fate isn't a matter of chance. It's a matter of aligning our thoughts with our desires and actions. As we set sail toward uncovering the first of these life-altering principles, keep an open mind. Remember, these aren't the whims of a solitary thinker, but the distilled wisdom of over 500 individuals who cracked the code, turning rags to riches through sheer mental alchemy. Embarking on this journey isn't just about reading, it's about transforming. 
With the wind of desire in your sails, you're not facing a Sisyphean struggle uphill, but a thrilling voyage downwind toward a horizon glittering with potential and prosperity. So buckle up, because you're about to turn the page into a chapter that might as well be titled The Alchemist's Guide to Financial Enlightenment. We're not talking about a few golden nuggets of wisdom here. We're diving into a gold mine that has the potential to redefine your understanding of wealth, success, and perhaps even the meaning of life. Well, maybe not that far. The tales you're about to encounter are so transformative that they've reshaped the financial landscapes of two individuals very close to Napoleon Hill. One, a companion in life's journey for nearly a quarter century, and the other, none other than his own flesh and blood my son. Wait, not my son, but rather good old Napoleon Hill's son. These aren't just success stories pulled from the dusty archives of history or borrowed from the pages of a stranger's biography. These narratives are as personal as they come, imbued with the authenticity and intimacy that only real-life experiences can confer. Imagine being handed a map to a treasure so vast it could alter the course of your financial destiny. That's what lies in wait in the next chapter. The principle it unveils is akin to discovering the secret formula that turns, well, I guess, lead into gold or keystrokes into trading profits, except it goes way further than that. This is modern day wisdom, tested and proven on the anvil of real life. The success enjoyed by these two men that you'll learn about next isn't your run-of-the-mill hit-the-lottery-jackpot kind of story. In fact, there are no trading stories of riches or wealth of short sellers or traders that go long or even Warren Buffett that is premised on luck or the lottery. This is the kind of success that's replicable, rooted in principles that apply as much to the aspiring entrepreneur, the aspiring trader, or someone who wants to build a skyscraper. And the best part? They attribute their meteoric rise not to chance, not to connections, but to a principle so powerful yet so accessible that it's almost criminal how overlooked it remains. So, as you stand on the precipice of potential financial enlightenment, remember, the insights you're about to gain are no abstract theories concocted in an ivory tower. They're the distilled essence of real-world triumphs, gifted to you by those who've walked the path and emerged victorious. Consider this chapter your invitation to join the ranks of those who've mastered the art of converting their dreams into tangible riches. The journey ahead is not just about amassing wealth. It's about unlocking the alchemy of success that lies within your grasp, ready to be unleashed.